0: Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. USA, USA. Welcome back to your home for
1: Unapologetically Progressive Radio, KBLA Talk 1580. And uh, my colleague, Dr. Melina Abdullah, is on the phone. Yes, she is a professor at Cal State LA. Y'all forgot about that part because she's a radio host, too. She does, this is not a drill, Saturday mornings at 8 with uh, Black Lives Matter. And, of course, she is the director of Black Lives Matter Grassroots and lead organizer for BLM-LA, Dr. Melina Abdullah. Good morning.
0: Good morning, Dominique. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah,
1: thanks for coming in. So we are in the middle of Black Xmas, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, Black Xmas—the time of year when we build black, buy black, and bank black—and also challenge white supremacist capitalism. So we're going to have our big Black Xmas demonstration on Saturday.
1: Yeah, you know, those um, those Black Xmas demonstrations always seem to catch me and others by surprise. You're in the middle of uh, restaurants, you're here uh, <laughs> at Beverly Hills and Rodeo Drive, you're uh, popping up, as you say, challenging white supremacy and predatory capitalism. But this year, it's not a surprise at all. Everyone's invited. And uh, it's a huge march, correct? Yeah,
0: so we're gonna, um, this is our Black Times Palestine March. So we are lifting up um, a call for a ceasefire here and there. So we know that black people in the United States are targets of police violence. We know that this year, um, LAPD especially, has killed more black people than it has any time in the current period. Uh, We're up to 23 police killings at the hands of LAPD. And more than 30 shootings at the hands of LAPD. But across the country, there have been over a thousand, over actually over 1,100 folks killed by police in this country. And we know in many ways what's happening to black people in the United States mirrors what's happening to Palestinian people in occupied Palestine. And so this is a solidarity march with the Palestinian people. Uh, of course, the families that we work with will be with us and will pour love on them. Um, but also lots of our Palestinian folks will be out and will be calling again for a ceasefire here and in Palestine and a free Palestine and for black lives to actually matter.
1: Where is this march taking place?
0: So we're starting at La Cienega Park, um, on La Cienega and Gregory way. Um, that's just off of Wilshire Boulevard, La Cienega and Wilshire are the two major cross streets asking people to get there on Saturday at 3 PM. It's supposed to not rain on Saturday. (laughs) Um, So, so we have an opportunity to be out. And, uh, of course the route we always keep that private, but, uh, starting at 3 p.m. at La Cienega Park.
1: All right, all are welcome. Um, you know, it, it people have short memories, but I remember Black Lives Matter marches, and not some not that long ago, where consistently I would see Palestinian folks marching on behalf of black people.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I remember um, in Ferguson, being in Ferguson in 2014 in a heavy... Palestinian presence. I remember how the Palestinian youth movement showed up for us in the 2020 uprisings. And, you know, for black people, there's a long history of solidarity with Palestine. We can think about Nelson Mandela's words that, you know, black liberation will not be complete until Palestine is free. We can think about the words of James Baldwin, and Toni Morrison, and Audre Lorde, and so many others, Malcolm X, and Huey P Newton who lifted up these parallels when we talk about Palestinian people living in open air prisons we can relate to that when we talk about the targeting of uh, Palestinian children and um, the way in which black children are targeted here you know we relate to that so a lot of those experiences resonate with us and Palestinians as early as 2014 in the Black Lives Matter movement lifted up that what Black people experience here resonates with them in Palestine. And so um, we see parallels in the ways in which um, powerful states target and treat and genocide us, um, but also we see parallels in the resistance. And um, I think many, many of us and there was a recent AP article about this. Many of us draw inspiration from the ways in which the Palestinian people have refused to submit to the murderous and genocidal practices of Israel.
1: Now, there's there's also a long history of solidarity between uh, Black activists and and you know uh, Black uh, liberation uh, movements and Jewish. Uh, progressive Jewish people in this country. And I saw an article I don't know, about a week ago in the LA Times where it said that the widespread African American support for Palestinian rights is straining that alliance. I know that quiet as it's kept, even a clergy for black lives uh, includes rabbis, right? So do you think that's true? How do you perceive the impact on the solidarity between Jewish um progressive and, and and black uh activists under this current strain, global strain of what's happening in Gaza? Well, I mean,
0: I think it's a, been a very difficult um especially in the beginning, a very uh, after October 7th, a very difficult conversation to have with a lot of our Jewish folks. Um, but I think that it's recensoring us. So Jewish uh uh justice loving Jewish folks have been really challenging Zionism. If we think about organizations like Jewish Voice for Peace and if not now, what we've seen happen is a distinction drawn between Judaism and Zionism. So Our outrage is over Zionism. Our outrage is over the genocide of the Palestinian people at the hands of murderous Zionist practices. And I think um, what we've seen with the 110 freeway shutdown, with the demonstrations at Hollywood and Highland that um, organizations like Jewish Voice for Peace organized and invited Black Lives Matter into is Jewish folks saying, "Wait a minute, not in our name," and them kind of drawing a distinction between Jewish folks who are not Zionists, who are anti-Zionists, and these practices of Zionism that um, lead to the genocide of Palestinian people.
1: Um, the Black Lives Matter, uh, Black Lives Matter grassroots, um, of course, houses thirty-three different chapters. And, it, you know, people, I don't know if people are are really aware of how much work continues to go on, even though maybe the CNN spotlight has, is not shining on the work that you guys are doing anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, regardless if there's a spotlight or not, we're going to continue to do the work. So there are 33 <laughs> chapters around the, the country, um, that are doing phenomenal work lifting up during the season when we talked about black ex build black buy black bank black you know what our chapters are doing is also highlighting black owned businesses that benefit the black community so on BLM Grassroots social media and our Black Xmas website, which is blackxmas.org. You know, we lift up Black-owned businesses all around the country. Um, We're engaging in um, this work, uh, really deep political education work, asking folks to shake off the frenzy of rampant consumerism and say, you know what, Um, you don't have to buy, buy, buy. You can also give gifts that are meaningful by investing in black led organizations and donating in the names of your loved ones as their holiday gifts. And so there's work that's happening all around the country. I'm also thinking about the terrible murder of Steve Perkins in Alabama, where a lot of that work um, and Steve Perkins was a black father who um, was murdered right outside of his home as there was an illegal repossession of his vehicle, you know, a lot of that work is being spearheaded by our Black Lives Matter Birmingham, Alabama chapter. The work of the goon squad, which was, um, or the exposure of the goon squad in Mississippi, which has been targeting black people for decades. Um, Their exposure and the prosecution Of those cops who call themselves the Goom Squad, very similar to the LA Sheriff's Gangs, um, you know, they were prosecuted and, and, you know, they're sentenced to prison terms. That was the work of Black Lives Matter Grassroots Mississippi. So again, the work is going to go on whether or not we're named in the work, whether or not CNN or MSNBC covers it. We're going to go on because Black people, um, need us because we need to be Free and we're going to work until we're free, whether or not it's recognized.
1: Doctor Melina Abdullah is on the mic. Uh, you're welcome in 809-20-1580. Continuing the conversation when we come forward exclusively right here, KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. She's reclaiming her time
0: on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. More first things first with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite Morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right, right now. Right
1: now, talking with Dr. Malina Abdullah, I have to say it has been an honor uh, working with you, you know, just uh, not just on the radio, but also, um, you know, working a little consulting around the media, uh, the media efforts, you know, the comm side of things, and just the work that I see you doing. And, you know, in educating our community, um, and when I'm saying our community right now, I'm talking about the press, um, because it's always we do our best to be fair and to be, some people would say, unbiased. Um, but a lot of times we're, we're being fed such a steady diet of misinformation that we're not even aware uh, uh, of the fact that we might be repeating talking points or um, that we might be taking in information that is just absolutely not true. Yeah,
0: I really appreciate the way in which we've been pulling together um, Black media. That's Black media, Black-owned media, as well as um, Black journalists who work for mainstream media to make sure that they know that what, w- what we're doing. And we were kind of forced to start doing that because, as you know, the Global Network Foundation, um, the Thieves, uh that run the global network foundation stole not only uh, the vast majority of our resources but also stole our social media platforms so where we used to have a big reach on instagram being able to reach about 5 million people through social media we now no longer have that and so um it kind of forced us to be in deeper conversation with black media and it's been just a wonderful um process of getting to know Black journalists, getting to um, more tightly work with Black-owned media, and the importance of Black-owned media um, continues to come up. I always use the African proverb that until the lion tells the story, the hunter will always be the hero. But people like you and stations like KBLA are so, so important to telling our own stories, um, to making sure we cover things like Black Lives Matter's um, partnership with Isaac Bryan and Areva Martin to do Christmas in the Park last weekend, right, um, and give away over 10,000 toys. People don't know that that's Black Lives Matter work. Miles was there. Um, <laughs> Miles, what would you think?
1: Awesome. <laughs> uh, it was it was. Hold on. I have my mic. Yeah. Down. So sorry about that. I have my mic there. It was a really great turnout. It was my first time actually popping out and seeing uh, how – you know, the, the amount of the community that they helped and that they gave away. I've seen people walking blocks away with presents to put in their car. It was it was a great thing to see, man. I'm glad they got up there and did that. And, yeah, I mean, Black Lives Matter actually sat up there and wrapped thousands of presents and right. helped distribute that. And it was, you know, a partner with uh, the assembly member on that. I think a lot of folks didn't realize it, but it was kind of heartwarming to walk into the Center for Black Power and see all these, you know, hardcore activists sitting there wrapping stacks and stacks of presents. I love that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it also tells like the story of what did Black Lives Matter Los Angeles do with its resources? Well, we bought this building right here on the corner of Crenshaw and 43rd Place called the Center for Black Power that's used for things like wrapping holiday gifts and hosting summer programs for children and um, having meetings and You know, doing the work of black community, doing food giveaways, doing, you know, and so making sure that those stories are told and black media um, has become a full partner in making sure that those stories are told.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's important. I also think a lot of folks just ignore black media. We're last on their list. They don't mind canceling on us in a way that they wouldn't do CNN. And so I think that's also an important piece of that work that you guys are doing. Um, Yeah, just got a couple minutes here. But you know i got to ask you about this story uh, around the... Chief of Police for the city of Los Angeles, allegedly um, calling for an investigation, assigning a couple of detectives to investigate uh, Karen Bass, Mayor Karen Bass, after she was elected uh, to become uh, around the USC scholarship, which had already been approved by the Ethics Commission of the Congress where she worked at the time. Um, It's, you know, it's a story the chief denies, but one that sounds, it tracks with, you know, the opposition of the LAPD to mayor Bass at all.
0: Yeah, and it happened at a time when he was seeking reappointment, when Black Lives Matter Los Angeles was calling for his non-reappointment, when tens of thousands of Angelinos said signed a petition saying fire Chief Moore or at least don't reappoint him. Um, he was trying to, it seems that, The timing can't be coincidental. He was trying to secure his reappointment by any means, um, including unethical and, I believe, illegal means. Um, And I think this is yet another reason why Black Lives Matter continues to lift up, that more has to go. We say no more more. Um, not only because he leads the most murderous and corrupt police department in the country, but when we think about forms of corruption, this is one of them attempting to, it seems that he was um, attempting to um, threaten and, you know, uh, really retaliate against the mayor, were she not to reappoint him.
1: Yes, it's, it's, uh, I guess when you say illegal, that's you with your political scientist hat on?
0: Absolutely. I mean, but you don't need to be a political scientist to know that um, using police resources
1: to try to blackmail
0: somebody is illegal. Right. That's illegal. So, yeah,
1: um, yeah. it's like a plot of a TV show. Okay, so but uh, Saturday, Saturday, you have a march. All are invited. Uh, Let's uh, remind people how to track that and how to go.
0: Yes. Yeah, so Saturday, 3 p.m. at La Cienega Park on La Cienega and Gregory. That's just off of Wilshire are the two main streets. Um, so La Cienega Park in Beverly Hills. Meet us there at three o'clock. This is something that you should bring your children to um, bring your families to. Um, we are saying ceasefire here and there. Stop the killing of black people by police and End the genocide against the Palestinian people, free Palestine. Um, so please march with us, be there. It's our Black Exodus March. Lots of the families that we work with will be there prayerfully, including the family of Niani Finlayson, who is the Black mother who was killed by LA County Sheriff just a couple weeks ago, um, in her own home. And we want to make sure we lift up Niani Finlayson's name, who was killed in front of her nine-year-old daughter. Um, by the same L.A. County Sheriff Deputy who in 2020 murdered black father Michael Thomas out in the Antelope Valley.
1: Mm. So that's three o'clock, um, La Cienega near Wilshire. And I guess we can, you know, follow as we try to rebuild these um, these platforms, follow BLM Grassroots.
0: Yes, BLM Grassroots for our national work and BLM Los Angeles on Instagram, BLM LA on X for our local work. Again, that's BLM Los Angeles on Instagram, BLM LA on X, and BLM Grassroots on all social
1: media. Dr. Melina Abdullah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sister Dominique.